Hi, and welcome to the Vineyard Northwest podcast. At Vineyard Northwest, we aim to be a culture that welcomes heaven to earth by raising up world-changing kingdom leaders. We hope you enjoy this message from one of our executive pastors, Luke Hazelmeyer. It's easy to be a Christian who's like, oh, I don't read my Bible enough. I don't study my Bible enough. And so then you hear a message like this and you're like, okay, this is going to guilt me into wanting to read my Bible more. And um, I want us just from the very get-go to let go, to get rid of that motivation that we might be tempted to grab onto, which is to read scripture because I feel bad about not reading scripture. Okay, let's let go of that right now. Here's the deal. We live in a time right now where there is a battle over your mind. There is a battle going on for every human being on the planet over their mind between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom of darkness is, flo- is throwing negative circumstances on your mind, political ideologies that don't glorify Christ on your mind, um, pain on your mind, all these different things on your mind. And what the kingdom of God brings is kind of like the nuclear bomb to destroy all of the enemy's plans is scripture. When we allow scripture to be the thing that primarily influences the way we think, we will not fall into the attacks that the enemy is throwing at us. And so that's why I want to talk about this morning is that we need to be people whose thinking is primarily influenced and shaped by scripture. And we'll all find ourselves in different places on you know, the spectrum when it comes to to scripture, and um, I think there's two things that we need to be we need to be intentional about. One, we need to make sure that we are encouraged enough from scripture. Or let me put it this way: there can be times that we are not encouraged enough from scripture. But then there's also times where we are we are encouraged from scripture, but in the wrong way. So let me explain this a little bit more. Can you throw out that diagram? So we've got a little chart here. We've got quality of encouragement from scripture on one side, amount of, sorry for the spelling error, amount of scriptural encouragement on the bottom. And, um, and I want to go through kind of like in each box, like on the, on the bottom, you'll see in a second, each box kind of different places we can fall. So the first one is when we have a low quantity and a low quality of scripture. And this is basically just someone who is probably not even a Christian, someone who doesn't really know how to approach the Bible in a healthy way, and they don't do it. Secondly, we can have a low quality, but a high quantity of encouragement from scripture, and that's intellectualism. So can you go, go to the one where deficiency is not there, but intellectualism's on the right? Does he, have that, does he have that one? Yeah, that's fine. You can leave that one right there. So intellectualism, we'll talk about deficiency in a second. Intellectualism is when we have a high amount of like scripture quantity-wise. We're, maybe we're consuming, we're reading, we're studying a lot of scripture, but we're doing it in the wrong way. And because we're doing it in the wrong way, it's not impacting our heart. It's just impacting our brain. 
We're not seeking it for connection with God and for spiritual growth. We're seeking it for interesting knowledge and to win debates, basically. And then obviously deficiency is when we have a low quantity, but we're approaching scripture the right way when we do, but we're not doing it enough. And so then high quality and high quantity, this would be robust scriptural encouragement. So that's where we want to be. Now, many of us could probably take a step from deficiency into scriptural into robust scriptural encouragement, or we could probably take a step from intellectualism into robust scriptural encouragement. And what I want to talk about mostly this morning is how to go from deficiency into um, into robust. Like I want to talk about how can we who probably approach scripture the right way, but need to do it more and need to get more out of it, do so. But just to touch a little bit on intellectualism, I want to show you a video. Some of you may have heard of Francis Chan. He's bold, so get ready. But can we roll that video? When I was a kid, we used to play this game called Simon Says. Right? Most of us have played that, unless you're really young, because there's no app for it. it, it Simon Says is, uh, you know, you just, Simon Says, pat your head, you know, so, okay, you know, Simon said it. Um, it's just, it was a very simple game, but it's so weird how in the church, Jesus Says is a totally different game. If Jesus says something, you don't have to do it, you just have to memorize it. You, 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 you study it, you memorize You guys, it, it doesn't make any sense. A lot of the things we do, when he tells us to go out and make disciples, and how many people in the, our churches are actually making disciples? They memorized it. You know, when I tell my daughter, hey, hey Rach, go clean your room. She doesn't come back to me two hours later and go, I memorized what you said. <laughs> you said, Rach, go clean your room. I can say it in Greek. <laughs> my friends are going to come over and we're going to have a study on what it would look like if I cleaned my room. <laughs> she knows better than that. And so why do we think we're going to come before the judge one day and quote everything that he said? And talk about how much we know. It's just, it's just this black and white stuff. If I just started with scripture, I'd go, here's what I would do. I would start making disciples. <laughs> so we don't want intellectualism. We don't want to just memorize it, study it, know it, but not do it, not see it bear any fruit in our relationship with God. But let's talk now for the rest of the time about what does it look like to move from deficiency into robust scriptural encouragement. And basically, I just want to share five ways that we can receive encouragement from the scriptures that are super practical that you could do an hour after this message if you wanted to. So first one is hearing. We receive encouragement from scripture by hearing scripture. Romans 10, 17 says this. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. There is a kind of faith 
that I believe God reserves for you to experience only when you're hearing someone else talk about scripture or hearing someone else talk about the word. None of us, I don't believe there's any of us who will be completely healthy if the only scriptural intake we get is from ourselves. There's a special kind of faith that God releases when we hear from someone else. And the reason for that is that we all think differently. God designed us all to think in different ways, have different approaches to things. And so if you kind of think about your understanding of scripture as like you walking out and viewing the world and then someone else's, um, just, yeah, just imagine you're, you walk outside, you start looking around, right? That's kind of like your, imagine that is what your perception of scripture is like. And then someone gives you infrared glasses and you're like, oh, wow, there's so much more going on in the world than I was aware of. That's kind of what it's like. That's kind of what the faith experience is like when you hear the word from someone else. So hearing scripture is amazing. How to do this, um, obviously you're doing it right now with church sermons, but then podcasts, if you've never listened to a message on, on the podcast app, I would highly recommend that, it's great. And then just conversations with people sometimes. Like how often do we get a friend together and say, hey, do you wanna spend a half hour talking about Romans 8? I mean, we don't, I, don't know, I don't know that I do that as much as I'd like to, but I think that'd be powerful if that was like a habit that we just did with our friends. So hearing scripture is important, um, but obviously hearing alone isn't enough, right? Because one, you actually retain the least of what you hear in these five, in these five ways to receive encouragement from, from scripture I'm going to share with you. Hearing is the one where you retain the least. And, um, and so moving on, the second one is reading. You can receive encouragement from scripture by reading. Revelation 1.3 says this, blessed is the one who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and keep the things which are written in it for the time is near. This is about revelation in this context, but principle applies to all of scripture. There is a blessing that we receive when we read, the, when we read scripture. And there's been times before where I opened my Bible and I started reading and I experienced Bible reading hypnosis. <laughs> and have you ever had highway hypnosis before where you're like driving on the highway going 75 or 65 miles per hour? <laughs> Pretend you didn't hear that. 65 miles per hour. And all of a sudden you like snap to and you're like, where was I for the last 10 minutes? Freaky experience. I, sometimes I experience Bible reading hypnosis where I'm reading a book of the Bible and I get like two chapters in and I'm like, wait, what the heck did I just read? And that can be discouraging. That can actually lead us to not want to read scripture. But here's the deal. I believe even when that happens, there is blessing that's released on us. There is just simply blessing that God releases on our hearts, souls, whatever, that comes from reading scripture. It's kind of like taking a shower, in my opinion. Like, it's not like the whole time that I'm showering, I'm like thinking, okay, my index finger is getting clean. Now the palm of my hand is getting clean. Now my forearm is getting clean. Like, it's happening while I'm not thinking about it, but it's still happening nonetheless. I think reading the Bible is, is very similar. 
that even, I mean, obviously we want, we want to stay present with what we're reading. We'll get more out of it that way, but even when we don't, there's blessing. <clears throat> and reading is great. You retain, you will, unless you, you know, unless you experience Bible reading hypnosis, most of the time when you read, you will retain more than when you're uh, listening to a message or a sermon. Okay, for this next one, we're going to talk about meditating. But I could share my thoughts on meditating on Scripture, and th- honestly, they're pretty good. But, <laughs> but we have a prophetic pastor here who teaches a whole class on meditating on Scripture. So can you guys welcome up Micah Turnbow for this point? Hello, I'm here to talk about meditation. Oh, okay, I don't actually know how long I'm supposed to go, so. Okay, because I won't be here for an hour. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Okay, so meditation is, is absolutely important. I absolutely love to do it. It is a lifestyle. And I'm trying to get, I left my computer at home, so I have to use my notes on my phone. Um, and the reason why I, um, I teach on meditation is because our church is a church of encounters. Okay, we are having encounters with God and they're beautiful and they're wonderful, but where they actually come from is from meditating on the Bible. Okay, and one of the things that we see in, in uh, I'm just gonna say, we see in prophetic movements is there is an overemphasis of encounters and a less understanding of the word and where they actually should come from. Okay, so we want to be, we want to be people of encounters, yes, but we also want to be people who meditate and understand the Bible. One of the, one of the things I love is it's actually a command in Joshua 1.8 or 8.1. One eight. Thank you. Thank you. One eight. That's what it is. And it also brings enjoyment. Psalms 104 verse 34. And wisdom. And encounter. And there's actually something that happens in the spiritual realm when you're meditating on the Bible. Believe me, you're not just reading words on a page. You're actually encountering light. You're actually encountering light, and it's a bright light, and it actually gives the angelic weapons because it says that they hear and act upon the word of God. So people ask me, I want to have more angelic encounters. I say, read your Bible because they hear and they act on the word of God. So meditation is so important. And I think my five minutes are up. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Micah. Micah, you'll probably be doing that class in the summer. Yes. So if you want to take a class all on meditation on the word, it's coming up. Okay, fourth way to receive encouragement from scripture is studying. Acts 17.11 is a, is a cool passage where Paul brings the gospel to a certain church in Berea, which is in Greece, which was in Greece, and they kind of like receive it a different way. Here's how they receive it. Now, these people were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, 
For they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. It's really important that we are not just relying on people around us to deeply look into the scriptures, but that we're doing it ourselves. And I know some of you might think, studying scripture, I have no clue where to start. That sounds like something for theologians and people that went to Bible college. But we all can study scripture. And I want to give you just a real simple way that you can go about it. But before I dive into that, This is just, studying scripture is so important for a bunch of reasons, but um, one I want to zero in on is this. Jesus wants us both to understand scripture and to have a mind that has been opened to understand scripture. He wants us to understand it, and he wants us to experience and then re-experience our minds being opened to understand it. Here's what I mean. In Luke 24, there was, Jesus was with the 12 after he had resurrected from the dead and he was kind of giving them his final instructions. And in this really cool scene, he does this very thing where he actually opens their minds to scripture. Let me read, I don't want to read the verse yet, but let me read what leads up to the verse and then we're going to read the verse. Here's what leads up to it. Now he said to them, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all the things that are written about me in the law of Moses, say law of Moses, prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Interestingly, that's kind of what Wilson said last week for those of you that were here. He kind of showed how the Tanakh is broken up into the law of Moses, prophets, and the Psalms or the writings. And so you, it just, it's just cool to see that here with what Jesus is saying. Um, but then the next verse, listen to, what, listen to what Luke recounts. Luke 24, 45. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Notice Jesus, it doesn't say that Jesus made them understand the scriptures. It says he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Something happened spiritually in that moment where before they weren't able to see the scriptures rightly, but then because of what Jesus did, they were. He opened their minds. And we experience that, I think, continually as believers. Like, have you ever read a verse and then a couple years later read the same verse and it just hit you differently? You're like, oh, wow, how did I not see this before? What's happened in those moments is that since you read it the first time, your mind has been expanded to better understand scripture. And so when you read it the second time, you get more out of it. It's kind of like any of you, any Office fans in here, can we all just have some godly sorrow about the fact that it was taken off of Netflix at the beginning of this year? So um, I have a picture for you also for the Office fans. Can we, there it is. <laughs> Leave that up for a second. So, um, <laughs> oh man. So, I can remember the first time I watched The Office all the way through. It was hilarious. Loved it. But it seems like every time I've watched it since then, which is probably six or seven times, sorry if you're not an Office fan, it'll still make sense. But um, actually, who's watched it? Who thinks they've watched The Office at least five times all the way through? Wow, that's awesome. So every time that I watched it, I noticed stuff that I didn't notice before. 
And it wasn't just, I don't think it was just that I was watching it a second time and so I had more opportunity to see what was happening. I think what happens when you, when I, when I watched it the first time was I became like aware of themes that are a part of The Office. Like one of them being cringe humor. I know a lot of you probably hate The Office because of how cringy it is. Like, that's kind of what the face is going for. <laughs> cringe humor is like a theme in The Office, right? Like anyone ever seen the episode Scott's Tots? <laughs> so painful. Um, I know people that will watch through the whole series over and over again, but they skip that one episode because of how cringy it is. So, um, <laughs> When you learn, oh, a theme of The Office is like cringy humor, when you watch it a second time, you start to notice, oh, wow, that was a little moment of cringe humor right there I didn't see before. That was a moment of cringe humor I didn't see before. And you start to see it more. What's happened, your mind has been opened to understand and to really grasp what the, author, what the writers of The Office were trying to do better than you did before. Same thing happens with Scripture. I mean, how many of you have learned about, I'll use the, if, this term, the identity message in the, in the past like five years or so, okay? When you learn, oh wow, I'm a son of God, I'm righteous, I'm a new creation, the old me died with Christ on the cross, the new me is risen with him in his righteousness. When you learn that, all of a sudden, when you start reading scripture, your mind is open to understand it and to get more meaning out of it because God has given you that revelation of identity. And so what studying lets us do is continually have these opportunities where God will open up our minds to get more out of scripture. And that's why you can read, you could, if you like got trapped on a desert island, you could only have one book of the Bible and you had to read that book of the Bible every day, I believe every day you would get more out of it because you would constantly have your mind opened to, to the, the different themes of scripture. So that's why studying is so, so important. So how do we actually do this? Let me give you a really simple way. For note takers, you're probably gonna wanna write this down. I'm gonna have a lot of detail up there. Um, Real simple way to start studying if you have no clue where to start. First, choose a passage of scripture. So let's say we're choosing John 3.16. That's what we're gonna study right now, right? Once you choose it, have the first thing you do be reading a commentary on the passage of scripture. If you don't know what a commentary is, it's basically someone who knows way more than you and way more than me. Someone kind of like Van, honestly, is wherever he is. Um, someone like Van telling you what this, all the different context and what this passage, all the different things that were going on in this passage. And if you don't know where to find a commentary, you can go to blueletterbible.org and they have a bunch of commentary resources there. A guy named David Guzik is who usually is my default. Once you've read the commentary on the passage, and also uh, don't feel pressure to choose like, I'm gonna study all of the book of Acts. I did that once and it took me four and a half years and I didn't even finish it. <laughs> I literally got to Acts 27 and there's 28 chapters so I gotta finish that sometime. But you can literally choose one verse to study or you can choose four verses to study. I would, honestly, I would start small. And once you've read that commentary on those, that passage, then just read it yourself. 
So hear what they have to say about it, and then you read it, and you see what stands out to you. After you read it, make five observations from the passage of Scripture. An observation is something very simple that you observe. So, you know, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. An observation could be God loves the world. You know, so he sent his one and only son. God sent his son. That could be an observation and so on and so forth. And once, if you can't get five, then just do three. You don't have to be legalistic about it. Once you get your five observations, identify one truth that each observation reveals. This is the part where it requires you to be a little more imaginative, a little more interpretive and creative. So an example of a truth from the observation God loves the world is the world includes non-Christians, so God loves people even before they accept Christ. That would be a truth that your observation revealed. And then you can do one truth per observation. Lastly, because we don't just want to memorize it and talk about it, we actually want to do it. Choose one of those truths that you came up with and make a practical application out of it. So, for example, I'm going to love people even if they're far from God. Or better yet, if you know a specific person, I'm going to love this person in my life even though they're far from God. Why? Because I just studied and learned and reminded myself that God loves them even though they're far from him. Okay? So, that's studying... Lastly, fifth way to receive encouragement from Scripture is memorizing. Now, with hearing, you retain probably like 10% of it. With reading, you retain maybe 20. With uh, meditating, the goal isn't really to retain, but you end, up do, you end up retaining it a lot of times. With studying, I say you usually retain like 50% of what you study, I think. Um, you might not be able to recite it, but you can really talk about a lot of what is in that passage. Uh, what percentage do you think you retain if you memorize it? People are always nervous to answer this. Like, is this a trick question? 100%. If you actually memorize it, now I know some of you are like, I memorize stuff and then I forget the next day. Okay, if that happens, you didn't really memorize it. But if we actually memorize it, <laughs> if we actually memorize it and that requires memorizing it and then reviewing it periodically to keep it memorized, if we actually memorize it, we retain 100% of that scripture. And that's a powerful thing to not just know what it says, but to be able to recite it is powerful. Uh, Psalm 119 verse 11 says this, I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. So yeah, when we memorize scripture, when we treasure it, it does help us fight off temptation and not sin. But also this really cool thing happens when we, when we treasure scripture, we're kind of like... Um, we're like storing up wealth in our spirits, if you will. Okay, here's what I mean. If you know about like money, if you have wealth, not only do you have it and it is, is wealth for you, but it actually produces wealth itself. So, so, like, so like if you have $5,000 in some kind of investment account, you have that money, but then that money is also producing money. Same thing happens, I believe, when we memorize scripture. We memorize the scripture, we treasure the scripture, and it provides value to us, but also it 
like the value of having it in and of itself, but also it produces wealth. It produces value, spiritual value for us. Here's what I mean practically. Um, when we memorize a verse, the next time we read a different passage of scripture, we have the option to go, okay, I'm reading Romans five right now, but I just memorized a verse from Philippians one. And I think that verse from Philippians one actually applies and can allow me to understand Romans five to a greater degree. And so the more scripture we memorize, again, the, the richer kind of like ability we have, just kind of similar to that paradigm thing I was talking about earlier, to really grasp scripture. So I want to go back to what I said at the very beginning. I hope you're not sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, I'm sucking at reading scripture. I'm, I need, I really am bad at this. And now I got to do all this stuff. And you're feeling like, oh man, how am I going to do all this? I want to encourage you, don't, if you're not doing any of these five things, don't make your goal to start doing all five of these things every day. In fact, I would say, start with doing one of these things a week. If you aren't doing any of these, start with doing one of these things a week. I know when I was preparing this for myself, I kind of realized, okay, I've been doing studying, memorizing, and meditating recently, but I actually haven't been reading a lot lately. And I think I'm probably missing something. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to commit to, I'm going to, a couple times a week when I would have done something else, I'm going to read scripture. Just set for yourself an easy goal. But I, I, what I really hope we all do is don't just leave and not engage with this. Because like I said at the beginning, I think it is critical for the war and the battle that is happening over your mind right now that you allow God through scripture to shape your thinking, not the world shape your thinking. So would you stand with me? Father, thank you that you've called us to be people both of the Spirit and the Word. And we say we are people of the Spirit and we are people of the Word. We love your Word, Lord. We know that it is crucial for us right now, specifically in this time, to be influenced by Scripture. So I ask that you would highlight something that you're calling us to do. What is that next step, that next small step you're calling us to take? In Jesus' name.